0: Use promo code MADNESS50. That's MADNESS50 to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Interesting for Oklahoma football recruiting in terms of the wide receiver position. The Sooners down another one for the class of 2022. Where does that leave Oklahoma? What is left out there for the Sooners? And what's going on at the receiver position in general? A couple of, uh, well actually three, uh, crystal ball predictions coming in for Oklahoma recruiting. One kid making a prediction, a prediction, a commitment coming up this weekend And uh, let's talk about Big 12 quarterbacks. How would you rank them from worst to first? What's up, everybody? This is the Sooner Nation podcast. Matt Hofeld flying solo this week, and that's okay. Uh, My boy Rich out doing things that actually pay his bills, and so he's not able to be here with me. But uh, we got a lot to talk about. It is a recruiting dead period for Oklahoma football, but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be recruiting headlines as three – Crystal ball predictions come in for two offensive tackles, one safety. We're going to get you into those here in just a minute. But the big news right now for Oklahoma football recruiting is at the wide receiver position where Taylor Shetron becomes the second Oklahoma commit to decommit and look elsewhere. Now, he comes on the heels of Jordan Hudson, who... um who decommitted a month and a half ago, and on the onset of this, you might say, "Man, this is really alarming." It's alarming to see these players, you know, bail in Oklahoma. But really, it's not okay. It's not. I know that some Oklahoma fans are up in arms. I know that some Oklahoma fans are kind of on that cliff of do I jump off and just start the worry train? But what I'm, what I think, really, if you sit and rashly think about this especially with Shetron, it, it becomes self-explanatory. Now, granted, Jordan Hudson, that that's a mystery, okay? Why you would spurn OU? Why would you decommit from this program to go to SMU? We've talked about that in the past. And I think it's a business decision for Hudson. I really do. The first thing, when you when you look at Oklahoma receivers, and whether you're talking about the guys on campus right now, or whether you're talking about the guys that the Sooners are trying to recruit for 2022 and 2023, it becomes a numbers game. You, you look at the depth that Oklahoma has at this position, and you just have to look at the numbers. I if I'm, a, if I'm an incoming guy in 2022, how quickly can I get on the field? Knowing that there's a guy like Luther Burton who's already there, knowing that they're bringing in a guy like Rayleigh Brown, He's going to be all over the place. He's going to be at running back. He's going to be at wide receiver. And then knowing that those guys like Marvin Mims, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, already there, already established, how quickly can I get on the field for this football program? That absolutely plays a role when Oklahoma is recruiting guys. And if guys can't be patient, if guys can't, quote, pay their dues, so to speak, then they're going to go elsewhere. I think I think Hudson... While it's a mystery, again, I think it's a business decision. I think this is a kid that's going to be a star, and he knows it. I I think he's a kid that that has all the talent in the world, and at SMU, he'll do everything he can, and then some, to be an all-conference player, potentially an all-American, and then make his way into the NFL. And he's okay being a guy who doesn't get to play for a national championship. He's okay to being a guy who doesn't get on that big stage of the Big 12 Conference Championship. He's okay with all of that because he's playing the long game when it comes to the NFL. And that's, that's how it goes. That's how it goes in college football recruiting. You never know what an 18-year-old kid's thinking. You, you can never get into the mind of an 18-year-old kid. They can be committed to this one day and committed to that the next day. You don't believe me? Find any random 18-year-old kid, ask him what his favorite food is. Go back to that same 18-year-old kid two weeks later, three weeks later, ask him what his favorite food is. I'm almost guaranteeing it's not going to be the same. And it's that, it's that way across the board. Ask him which girl they like. Go back three weeks later, ask him which girl they like. It's These guys change their mind, but some of them are playing the long game, some of them are like just lining their future up, and those are the elite of the elite. And and that's why Oklahoma lost Jordan Hudson. It's a numbers game. He saw what it was. He saw how quickly he could get on the field. And he says, you know what? I can stay closer to home at SMU. I can get on the field quicker. I can make a name for myself. I can get to the NFL. I can start getting paid. That's, in my opinion, that's what's happening with Jordan Hudson shatter and his story is a lot lot easier than that he wanted to play with his brother he wanted to go to play college football with his brother and his brother's going to Oklahoma State so guess where Taylor's going Oklahoma State and and this is where this is where Oklahoma fans if you'll let me use the pun get on the crazy train right this is where they some of them tend to do that well, why didn't you just go off for his brother? Why, why don't you let his brother come and play for OU? Here's the thing. I mean, really. Let's let's just stop and pause. Let's think about the pass catchers that Oklahoma already has and the pass catchers that they need. Taylor definitely good enough to play at Oklahoma. He's the number 2 wide receiver in the in this in the state. Oh, excuse me. The number 2 overall player in the state. His brother? Yeah, not so much. I mean, I, I'm no disrespect to Tarbury. Uh, Tarbury, uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's a tight end. He's got good size, 6'4", 215. I'm not saying he doesn't have a collegiate career ahead of him. I'm not saying he can't be a star, one of those diamond in the rough type guys. But at best, he's a walk-on player at OU. Taylor's a four-star recruit with 19 scholarship offers. Tarby? He's a zero-star recruit. Again, I'm not slamming the kid, okay? I'm not I'm not doing that. Well, go to 24-7 Sports, typing in T-A-B-R-Y. Tabry? Tarbury, Tabri. I think sport probably closer to Tabry than it is Tarbry. But whatever. If you listen to this podcast, you know I butcher names all the time. Doesn't change the point. 24-7 Sports literally has the guy as a zero-star recruit. So you're telling me. You would rather Oklahoma throw this scholarship offer at a zero-star recruit in order to get his brother, who's a four-star. No. It's not how it works. It's not how it works at the University of Oklahoma. We've talked about this extensively on this podcast. And here's what we know. And there's a history of this. It's proven. If you come to OU, you have purpose. If you come to OU, it is calculated. They know where you fit into their system. They know how they want to use you. Oklahoma doesn't go recruit for numbers. They don't go to recruit just so they can recruit. They don't just offer scholarships willy-nilly. They're not a type of program that does that. If I got to get your brother, who's a zero star, to get you, who's a four star, I'm sorry, we're going to let you walk. And we, we look at that and in today's culture. We're like, oh, man, you're being so mean. Can't even pronounce a kid's name. you telling me you heard of this kid? If you're not from Edmond, Oklahoma, I guarantee you, if you're not from Edmond, Oklahoma, you don't know this kid's name either. But facts are facts. Talon is an elite Division I talent. He's a four-star kid. He's a number two player in the state of Oklahoma. His brother is not. I'm, I'm willing to bet, if you read between the lines here, I'm willing to bet that his brother was offered maybe a preferred walk-on spot, right? Or an opportunity to compete, try out for that. And Mike Gundy being Mike Gundy, he is a guy who would recruit for numbers just because it's a different program. And he said, yeah, we'll take him. We'll take them both. And you just, it's okay. It is what it is. But it's certainly not something that's worth jumping off the deep end, going off that cliff and jumping on the crazy train, all these other things. Because here's the reason why. Oklahoma is deep at wide receiver. Right now you've got a you've got a wide receiver group that goes 12 deep. Can they all get on the field? Can they all be stars? No. But the point is you got a wide receiver in court right now. The way this roster is, that's 12 deep. Right now in this roster, you're adding Rayleigh Brown. Right now on this roster, you're you're adding Luther Burden, who, by the way, Luther Burden is the the number 3 national prospect at wide receiver. Don't freak out. Don't panic. Well, but Luther Burden, he went to Missouri, and he's going to go visit Alabama. Yeah, he's doing all that. But you know what else he is? He's still committed to the University of Oklahoma. And you know what else he's doing? Not only is he committed to the University of Oklahoma, he's actively recruiting people to the University of Oklahoma. Losing Taylor Shetron is not going to affect what this team does on the field in 2021, 2022, or 2023. Could he have been a piece of the puzzle? Yeah, he absolutely could have been a piece of the puzzle. But is he one of those kids that, I mean, it's not like we lost the running back, Okay. It's not like Samar Wheaton just flipped to Alabama. This is a position that's deep, it's talented, and it's young. You're going to be okay if you're Oklahoma. You're going to be fine. Here's the worst damage that this does for Oklahoma in 2022. The worst thing that it does is that it drops them in the recruiting rankings. That's where you get hurt. Dropping the recruiting rankings. The Sooners, after losing uh, Shetron, they're, they're number three in the Big 12. They're number 18 nationally. Now, you don't think they can make up ground? You, you don't think they can jump back up to the number 10, one team in the Big 12? You don't think they can jump back up to number to a top 10, top 5 team nationally? Even if they don't replace this kid, they're going to do that. They're, they're going to make a big jump this weekend because I, I think they're going to pick up an offensive tackle, a four-star offensive tackle from the state of Oklahoma. And that's going to jump them. That's going to bump them right back up. But that that's where you got hurt. You still have guys on the field in 2021 who are going to be stars. You still have guys on the field in 2022 who are going to be stars. This didn't change anything for Oklahoma. It's not going to hurt him in the long run either. But it, it, it is natural. It is natural to say, okay, so what next, though? Where where do they go next with this? Well, where you go next is, I. in my opinion, I think you look at 2023. When you look at all the recruiting uh, prognostications, you look at the guys that are uncommitted, uh, that are still out there for 2022, there's not a lot out there. There really isn't. At this position, there's not a lot out there. And is setting up with some really good things for 2023 as well. That class could be mega special. Mega special. And that you're going to see that class begin to take its shape as the summer moves forward. You know, at, this month, the month of July, is going to be a big month. For 2022, I think mid-July into August is going to start building momentum for 2023 because you're going to see some of those guys begin to make their commitments. But I think the first thing you do is you just kind of evaluate what you've got for 2023. And then you take a shot at a guy like Evan Stewart. Evan Stewart's a four-star receiver out of Frisco, Texas. He's the number five receiver in this class. He's a heavy, heavy, heavy Texas lean right now. But let's not act like Oklahoma hasn't gotten and, and gotten Texas kids before. Let's not act like kids haven't flipped from Oklahoma to Texas or Texas to Oklahoma. It happens. And he's not committed anywhere. He's just a heavy lean. So that there's one option. Now, if you're giving if you're giving me a wish list, right? You got that dream, that dream list out there, you need to look up Andre Green from Richmond, Virginia. He's got great size, 6'3", 175. He's a four-star recruit. Dude has 57 scholarship offers. 57 offers. That's a lot. I mean, I'm just saying there's, there's a reason why people are after him. The kid is special. But it's a very, very limited field out there for Oklahoma, for anybody looking at receivers right now for the class of 2022. I think if you're Lincoln Riley, I think if you're Dennis Simmons, I think you at least make those phone calls, maybe make those visits when this dead period ends. But you're kind of stuck right now because it is a dead period. So you're kind of stuck with what you've got and who you are. But things are going to get better. Things are going to get better starting this weekend. I really believe uh, three crystal ball predictions coming in for Oklahoma this last week. Let's talk about those. Okay, so we've talked about who Oklahoma lost in this recruiting class. Let's talk about who they're probably about to gain. This last week, 24-7 Sports offered uh, three new crystal ball predictions. Actually, several. I guess I'm going to say three players picked up more crystal ball predictions for the University of Oklahoma, including a pair of offensive tackles, starting with Jacob Sexton, who's going to be making his— announcement on july 3rd now we're recording this podcast on july 1st which is a thursday we're two days away from this announcement but it looks like by all accounts there's multiple crystal ball predictions out here for jacob sexton out of out of deer creek oklahoma um I think there's seven or eight, and they all go for Oklahoma except for one. There is one prediction that he's going to go to Oklahoma State, but the reality is the most recent predictions on him, and there's a handful of them, there's multiple recently within the last week, point towards Oklahoma. It looks like he's going to be uh, the first offensive tackle to commit to Oklahoma's 2022 recruiting class. The Sooners only have one offensive lineman in this class at this point. And that's Demetrius Hooter um, from uh, the—he's the, a the three-star center. Then there's a kid out of Las Vegas, Jake Taylor, who also picked up a a crystal ball prediction just this week. And if you look at—if you go to 24/7 Sports, you look at what they do, which they, they do a pretty good job at prognosticating and kind of gauging where kids are in the moment. And that's the—that's the key thing: is where a kid is in the moment. If if you can't if you can't understand that hey this is where this kid is right now in this moment then then you it takes that's why people get so frustrated and so aggravated when when Jordan Hudson flips and decides to go to SMU or Samar Wheaton last minute jumps over to Alabama I mean again I'm gonna go back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast you never know what an 18 year old kid is gonna do but in this moment Jake Taylor four-star offensive tackle, looks like he's coming to the University of Oklahoma. Every crystal ball prediction to his name has him coming to Norman. So there, there's the foundation. You've got a three-star center. You've got two four-star offensive tackles. Go find some guards, and you've got Bill uh, He you got his next project, his next army, his next group of behem- behemoths, if you will. But we're not done yet, because if you look on the defensive side of the ball, there's a four-star safety, Austin Jordan, out of Denton, Texas, six-foot even, 190, one of one of Alex Grinch's guys. He picks up on July 1st a crystal ball prediction to come to the University of Oklahoma. And again, every crystal ball prediction to his name at this point points towards him coming to play in the Crimson and Cream. And so you've got three guys... Just in the last week, three guys, all four-star guys, who have picked up Crystal Ball predictions to come and play at the University of Oklahoma. So there you have it. It's I mean, you've got a class. You're five months away from the national, the early signing period, and don't don't be surprised to see this this class grow. Obviously, beginning on Saturday. But also, don't be surprised to see it shrink. Don't be surprised if a if a guy goes here or a guy goes there. Again, it is what it is. When he, when it comes to recruiting, it's 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 very fickle. But it's coming together. This will be, in my opinion, I, at least the number two class in the Big Twelve. Most likely, the number one class in the Big Twelve. And at the end of the day, it's going to be a top 10 class nationally that'll push a top five class nationally. And that's where Lincoln Riley lives. That's where he wants to be. And that's what Oklahoma football recruiting is all about. Now, we're going to flip the script just a little bit, and we're going to talk about quarterbacks in the Big 12. How would you rank the Big 12 quarterbacks for 2021? How would you rank them from worst to first? Okay, so when you're looking at Big 12 quarterbacks, And you're gonna rank them from from number 10 to number one. Two two things are obvious. The first thing is obvious is whoever plays quarterback for Kansas, they're number 10. I'm I'm not buying into any Kansas hype anymore. I'm not buying into the fact, oh, they got this guy, he's young, he's energetic. Oh, and they got these JUCO kids, and look what they're doing nationally with all these three-star recruits. Not buying it, not buying it, not buying it and i mean kansas fans stopped buying it kansas state fans started loving uh the the, just the turmoil you you just can't do it i mean you just you can't jump on this train anymore and say yeah this is a year kansas wins three big 12 games two big 12 games you gotta prove it to me kansas and i think it's been bad at kansas for a long time and we look at the coaching turmoil that they just went through how can you not how can you not think it's going to be like the same? Get, what is it in Lawrence, Kansas when we're talking about football, what is it in Lawrence, Kansas that makes you think, oh yeah, these guys uh they got a shot this year. No they don't. So whether it's Miles Kendrick or whether it's the Daniels kid, they've got this competition going on, it doesn't matter. you're number 10. Until, until proven otherwise, you're number ten, and I don't think—I mean, nine out of ten Big Twelve schools, ninety percent of the Big Twelve is going to agree with me on that. The only people who aren't going to agree are those like three Kansas fans who are still holding out hope. You know, those, there's always that those those that small portion. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna win this year, and we're gonna go to a bowl game. No, you're not. You're going to get like three weeks into the college football season, and you're going to start counting down to basketball. That's that's Kansas. I mean, that, that's what you do. So the, the first thing that's a given in the Big 12, whoever's a quarterback for Kansas, they're number 10. The second thing that's a given in the Big 12 is Spencer Rattler's got to be number one, right? I mean, sure, call me a homer. I, I don't care. Show me facts. Prove to me Brock Purdy's better than Spencer Rattler. Oh, but Brock Purdy beat Spencer Rattler. Okay, yeah, he beat him in Ames Eye. What happened when they played in Dallas? Oh, yeah, Brock Purdy threw a terrible interception to seal the game for OU, OU to win the Big 12 champion yet again. I mean, Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler's the better quarterback. Brock Purdy had his chance. 2020 was supposed to be the year of Brock Purdy. I even said, I I, I bought in. I said Brock Purdy's the most NFL-ready quarterback that Big 12 has to offer. He blew it. 2020 was his year. 2021 is Spencer Rattler's year. Not not only is Spencer Rattler the most NFL-ready quarterback that Big 12 has to offer, Spencer Rattler will be the first Big 12 quarterback drafted next spring. Barring injury, Barring some crazy, crazy sophomore slump. I know he's a, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's his third year on campus. But guess what? He's a redshirt sophomore. So you can say sophomore slump. You can do it. You really can do it. But I don't think it's going to happen. Because here's what Spencer Rattler has that he didn't have in 2020. He had a full spring in 2021. Did he look? I mean, look, you you saw the spring game. Was it an incredible performance? No, but it was a spring game. Can we talk about Baker Mayfield's bad spring game performances? Can we talk about how average Kyler Murray looked in the spring game? And where are those guys now? Spencer Rattler had a full spring, and he's going to have a full summer. I, I just, I don't understand. And how it's even possible that he might regress. How I mean I I don't I don't I don't see it happening. This kid is gonna have to make a decision. I mean he's making money now in, at OU. He's gonna sell his name, his image, his likeness, and he's gonna start raking in the dough. But come December, early January, he's gonna have to make a big decision. Do I keep raking in dollars by doing cameo appearances? Or do I rake in dollars, big time dollars, by going to the NFL? I think this is the last season that we've seen Spencer Rattler. That we will see Spencer Rattler in an Oklahoma football uniform, and and that's okay because if you're not excited about Caleb Williams, then are you even an Oklahoma fan, right? Um, okay, so so those are the two givens. You've got Kansas, whoever's plays for Kansas, number ten. Spencer Rowler, Oklahoma, number one. But what about number nine through number two? How do you stack those up? We're doing a pretty cool project. We do it every year preseason. We start in the month of July at Heartland Sports. We take all of our riders, we put them together, and we say give us give us your your worst to first, first to worst. However you do it, uh, defend your your top two. Uh, excuse me, defend your top three. Defend your bottom two. And then we do consensus rankings. And you can go to heartland sports.com this week. Shameless plug for the website, heartland sports.com, and you can you can see it from our writing staff. But I'm just gonna give you mine. I'm, here's how I would rank these guys, uh, knowing that Kansas is number 10, Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma is number one. At at number at number nine, I got Texas Tech. And what it comes down to is Who's going to play quarterback for Texas Tech? You've lost Alan Bowman. Alan Bowman was the best thing you had at quarterback, but the dude couldn't stay healthy. And then when he did get healthy, he got benched. And you couldn't understand why he got benched. Matt Wells is is, uh, a hot seat type year, and he's got no quarterback. So there's, there's Texas Tech number nine. Number eight, Charlie Brewer's gone from Baylor. Who do you replace him with now? I like I like both options, the Zeno and the Bohannon kid. I think I like the Bohannon kid better than Zeno or Zeno, but but there's a lot of inconsistency there. There's going to be a, a big learning curve there, and so again, I, I mean you, you've got a position that's unsettled, and that's what's crazy when you when you look at the Big Twelve rankings here. You look at a quarterback, you look at Kansas unsettled. You look at Texas Tech, eh, maybe you got a guy there. Baylor unsettled. And then I'm going to go to number seven and I'm going to throw another unsettled out there and that's Texas. Now it's it's assumed that this is going to be Casey Thompson's team. You look at that bowl performance and, and, and you got to think Casey Thompson is going to enter into this fall summer workouts as the guy. But but don't give up. Don't just close the door on this Hudson Card kid just yet. That's not easy to say, Hudson Card kid. But anyway, don't close the door on him. And here's the reason why. Because Sarkeesian didn't recruit Casey Thompson. Hudson Card maybe was a dual recruitment here. Okay, we know we know that we know that Tom Herman was shown the door after signing day. But still, Card is the new kid on campus. He's the new toy. And you got Sarkeesian, who's going to be this offensive genius guru guy, right? At least he's supposed to be. But how's this guy going to handle the pressure of coaching the Texas Longhorns? Because you got an inexperienced quarterback either way in his system. So if Casey Thompson makes mistakes, does Card come in? Does he play both quarterbacks? There's a lot of uncertainty here at the University of Texas. Will the Texas quarterback be the seventh best best quarterback in the Big 12 at the end of the season? No, I I highly doubt that he will be. But going into the season without even knowing who that quarterback is for sure, you can't put him any higher. Are you going to take a quarterback battle and say, yeah, maybe, maybe Casey Thompson is going to win this thing. So does that make him better than Max Duggan at TCU? Does that make him better than Jared Dagey at West Virginia? Does it make him better than Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State? No. No, it doesn't because you're not even guaranteeing that that's the guy. You can't argue for sure that he's better when you don't even know for sure he's going to win the job. You see what I'm saying? So my bottom four... Are all positions that are unsettled: Kansas, Texas Tech, Baylor, Texas. Then we get into positions that are settled, and and here's the truth about this situation: when you get into the positions that are settled, there's there's six quarterbacks that are going to step in in 2021, and they're going to take over from 20 where they where they left off in 2020. The exception there is Skylar Thompson, who got injured and missed most of 2020. But you got six guys there, and it's really hard. It, it, it's really hard to rank them one through six. The easiest thing to do here is, say, Spencer Rattler at number one, Brock Purdy at number two. Three, four, five, and six, you can just kind of flip a coin on these guys, throw them all in a bowl, draw their names out one, one and one, and, and you can make an argument. But I've got Max Dugan at, at number six for TCU, He's a legit dual threat quarterback, but that TCU offense has been so inept, so inept the last few seasons with with running back issues, offensive line issues, wide receiver issues. Gary Patterson seems to be kind of putting the pieces back together in Fort Worth, but I feel like we've said this a lot about TCU recently. I feel like we've we've really said a lot recently that yeah this is the year Gary Patterson they're going to be the underdog they're going to be the team that that dark horse kind of guy. I mean again it goes back to that Kansas thing. You got to show it to me. Before I keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it you got to show it to me. Max Dugan is going to be the key to that for T- for TCU. And you got the Zachary Evans kid at running back, but what the offensive line is going to be like, what they lost on the defensive side of the ball, it's got to be proven. So that's why I've got Max Dugan, number six. Number five, Skylar Thompson. We saw the potential of this kid when he came to Norman with Kansas State. He beat the Sooners, 72% completion percentage before he got injured and missed the remainder of the season. He he holds steady at number five. Could be higher. Really could be higher. But come again, Coming off injury, you got question marks. West Virginia's Jared Daging at number four. I I I don't know. People are saying West Virginia, this could be the year. This could be the year that they they jump back in there and they compete for a Big 12 title. This is a big year for Neil Brown. I was talking about Matt Wells in Texas Tech earlier, how it's a big year for him. I don't think the seat is quite as hot for Neil Brown in Morgantown as it is for Matt Wells in um in Lubbock. But it's a big year for him. I think the Mountaineers have to be competitive. They've either got to qualify to get to Dallas, uh, play in Arlington, or they've got to be on the cusp, on the fringe of getting there. But regardless, again, just like just like uh, Max Dugan with TCU, just like Skylar Thompson with Kansas State, Jarrett Dagey is the key. For the Mountaineers to be competitive in 2021, and then you jump into the big three. Obviously, I've told you Spencer Rattler's number one, Brock Purdy's number two, and I'm maybe I'm gonna catch some some slack for this, but I got Spencer Sanders at at number three. Here's the thing: if this kid can learn to not turn the ball over, he can be electric. He absolutely can be electric. The problem is he's got 20 interceptions. In 20 starts, 20 interceptions in 20 starts is not great because we're not even including fumbles, and he does have a case of the fumbleitis as well from time to time. But he's athletic. He's got a good build. He's got a good arm. The questions about Spencer Sanders are this: It's twofold. What What does Oklahoma State have at running back with the loss of Chuba Hubbard, and what do they have? At wide receiver with the loss of Tylan Wallace. I mean, there, there's options there, clearly. I mean, this is this is a Mike Gundy offense. So you you know that he's been stacking guys, okay? But there's a lot to be seen there. But when you look at talent and potential, uh if Spencer Sanders can limit the turnovers, and I know that's a big if on, on some stages, but I, I think. I think I can make an argument that he's the third best quarterback in the big 12. But also I can make the argument that Jared Dagey will be better than him. Max Dugan will, will be, eh, I don't know about Max Dugan. Jared Dagey might be better than him as the season plays out. So that's it. That's how I'd rank the quarterbacks in the big 12 from, from worst to first. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, shorter, obviously a shorter episode because only one guy doing all the talking, but um Hit us up on on Twitter, at Sports Heartland, at Sports Heartland on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts. How would you rank the Big 12 quarterbacks? Give us your thoughts on recruiting. Uh, Anything you'd want to add, topics, questions, suggestions, even snide remarks. We'd love to hear it. Uh, You can find us online every day at Sports Heartland. Sports uh, Heartland, sorry, Sports Heartland is the Twitter account, but you can find us online every day on the web, heartland-sports.com. And we'll be back next week. Hopefully, Rich will be back with me. And we'll have a deeper conversation. Uh, Until then, have a fantastic 4th of July. Boomer Sooner, everybody.